the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms the community channel that sees all things new. My name is Jennifer Nuya, streaming from Cavita, Philippines, and you're watching Stories from the French, Season 2, Episode 21. know that you can hear me well by typing into the comments section where you are joining us today and what curiosity brings you to stories from the fringe you can also use the same comment section to drop in your comments and ask your questions or whatever you would like to share with us we are happy to know them and if this is your first time tuning in to stories from the fringe we aim to push for more diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in all aspects of our lives. We are committed to creating a world where individual differences like race, gender, ability, class, among others, are not only seen and understood, but also celebrated and empowered. We believe that we can all be a part of this collective vision. To make the most of our time together, we encourage you to turn off all distractions and prepare to take notes, mental or written, so that you can be fully engaged and immersed with our, um, with our guest today, Lars Lean. With background as electronics and embedded SW engineer, long entrepreneurial experience and mindset combined with significant corporate experience Lars operates effectively at all levels of the organization, in all cultures and industries. He loves creating, launching, and growing new products and services that deliver desirable human value in highly personalized ways while leveraging abundance-based business models and exponential tech. Lars, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for that introduction. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. And I also realized maybe just now when you introduced the values and the mission of, of the channel, how fully aligned I am with that. So I, I, I get why, you know, you and I should be chatting here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you, sharing this space with you. Uh, dear viewers, for a brief background, um, Lars and I worked together, um, started working together two years ago, and he was our mentor when a group of Filipino uh, Filipinos like myself, we uh, tried to enter the XPPR prize competition. Well, we did well, <laughs> in, yes. in my opinion. Unfortunately, our entry did not make it to the final cut, but it was a beautiful experience. So thank you so much, Lars, for having um, not only a big heart, but of course, being generous with your wisdom, with your background and experience. 
with with me and the other um, Filipinos in that in that um, group. And now Lars is uh, sharing will be sharing his background and experience with the rest of the viewers of Stories from the Fringe. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And, and I just want to echo your your sentiment there. I I get I get my energy from the people I work with and, and every time I engage with you and, and everybody else around you, th that energy comes back. Everything I invest comes back 10x, right? And uh, uh, so it's it's always uh, so worth it to, to pay forward and give back and, and support each other. So, um, so with that, I think for the context of this conversation and for everybody to understand that, yeah, let, let me give uh, a bit of insights into my background and uh, so we can then unfold any part of the story that, that everybody watching uh, wants to hear more about. So I also wanted to, to echo the request to engage with us during the conversation here. Uh, I absolutely love that. So we can take this in in any direction that seems uh, relevant. So, mm -hmm. uh, so so let me let me give a bit of of introduction, uh, which serves as context for the work I'm doing today. Very much, even it it may start many years back in the storyline. Um, so in in terms of in terms of me. Uh, I'm an electronics engineer by education. I'm a transformation coach by choice and Danish, well, mainly by accident of birth, I guess. So uh, in terms of uh, very briefly about the professional side, the engineering part, um, I today I design and lead transformation projects in, in all sorts of organizations worldwide. Uh, not least in the future of education, future of workspace. But I really started out in in really nerdy uh, R&D engineering jobs, uh, focusing on algorithm design, uh, on systems such as uh, information systems and surveillance systems and, and the mm -hmm. likes. I've really always been deeply fascinated by technology since childhood. And and in the beginning, it was only about the technology. Right? You reverse engineer exciting stuff to see how it works, and you keep studying and experimenting to figure this thing out. Mm -hmm. um, but then gradually, obviously, uh, our eyes open up to uh, to more aspects of of life. And for me, it was about hey there are actually users end users and partners that are using these technologies in different ways than i thought and and that became an eye opener and i started then to engage more with commercial sides and leadership sides of, mm -hmm. of running a, a technology uh, business so in terms of the family side of things which is super important to me and I, I know it is for every filipino as well and i guess that's why we connect uh, so well amongst other things so for me actually my my personal life became also quite a pivotal point in my life when when i became a father and it's not to it's not to get deeply necessarily into a parenting conversation that's not why why i'm saying it but I'm the father of two boys. They're 10 and 12. They are disruptors like that and, and mm -hmm. fascinated by technology. They mastered way better than I ever did, I think. But when I, but, but when I became a dad, my point that I, I'm getting to now is that uh, my kids um, had to, I could see, have to go through the same educational journey that I've been through probably, at, at least for the first 10, 15 years, right? It's it's the same system uh, that they would get, go through a K-12 experience. And honestly, I felt, I felt that experience to take forever. And I was mm -hmm. super bored. And I was like, is, is, does it really have to take that many years to, to go through the essentials? If, if it does, okay, probably. But then something pushed me out of my comfort zone, uh, which mm -hmm. is pivotal to everything else I'm going to talk about and instrumental. Mm -hmm. so 
which is my my son who's now 12 it turns out that he's on the autism spectrum now that suddenly explained why he couldn't thrive in a noisy classroom often also smelling right he gets these mm -hmm. sensory overloads easier than you and me maybe and and then you just stop processing all the instructions that teachers are giving you and and, and then even you're a great learner uh then things become very difficult so mm -hmm. not only did i uh have to consider does this educational journey have to really take uh, 10 12 15 years can it done differently be done differently but, but now actually we had to find another way of doing it right so mm -hmm. so it's just to explain why the future of education now became kind of the story of the rest of my life and and i couldn't be happier about finding my my niche my my place to play so I'm, 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 I'll be getting back to that more, obviously, or we will, uh, I'm sure, in our conversation. So, um, and I, I found out on this journey that I, we are not the only family that, uh, that we're living uh, with uh, a, a non-neurotypical learner. And maybe we all are. It, it's actually in our gene pool, right? So I, I never... I never saw any difference between my son and me <laughs> when people said, hey, don't you see that there's, you know, a, a different reaction to different stimuli? And I was like, that's me. I was like, I don't mm -hmm. see any problem here. That's been my life mm -hmm. as well. So so I feel, felt comfortable that whatever mm -hmm. you call me in terms of diagnosis will be fine. I mean, I've, I've, I'm fine with where I am in my life, right? So we'll be fine but the system doesn't give us space to do things any differently right there's there is highly regulated there's a national mm -hmm. curriculum that you have to go through you're expected to do it in a school <laughs> and so on and so forth there's so many sides of what we call the educational immune system that really doesn't give much space and flexibility for doing things very differently and that became a problem that I I needed to start working on solving. And I was not alone. I've met hundreds and hundreds of families that were in exactly the same situation. Even they were living around the world. Mm -hmm. I've been traveling a lot on doing transformation projects in all sorts of places, which has been amazing always. But the most amazing part has been to tell my story and and realize that so many people uh, share this very same problem and there are very few alternatives to how you can live your life and go through um, your own personalized educational journey. So we have to fix that. That's the problem that I'm, I'm here to solve and, and we're not alone. So there are lots of us. <clears throat> yes. Thank you for sharing that, um, Lars. I... As I was listening to you, I remember my experience when I was studying. Uh, I'm not sure if I have mentioned it to you before, but when I was in grade one, oh, that was so many years ago, <laughs> so many ages ago, um, my mother said when she talked to my first grade teacher, my first grade teacher declined to give me a report card. Here in the Philippines, uh, we have our grade grading system 1 to 100 and she said that even if she would give me 65 as my grade um it would still not be enough like um short of calling me an idiot or a moron so now looking back um with the many things that i have done um through all the years and i have this insatiable need to learn I, I i want to call myself a perpetual co-learner because sometimes i feel you know I, I don't know if you feel the same way like you feel that you don't have enough time enough energy enough lifetime to read everything that you want to read <laughs> and yeah. learn everything that you want to learn and then i'm looking back probably um it was just my my learning style was different from the teaching style of that teacher that's yeah. why when it wasn't um, there was a big disconnect 
she thought that the information being fed to me was just too truncated and she felt that I was I was stupid. Yeah. And um, the same thing happened to, to my daughter when she was also in grade one. She was um, she was she was enrolled in a different school, yeah. uh, different from what where she is currently enrolled. And the teacher also said the same thing. And I was thinking, okay, so I, I can I can see the pattern here. There's there must be something here. Probably the learning style of my daughter was the same as my learning style. And I I also have as you learn more about the different communication style, um, you appreciate that pro probably the, the teacher also had a different communication style. Mm -hmm. Whereas I I was um I am a an analytical communicator and for the appreciation of our viewers an analytical communicator um, communicates via facts data we are not trying to challenge you we are not trying to pick a fight yeah. perhaps i was a i was a challenging student <laughs> that did not fare well with my with my teacher you know so I love it that I love it that you highlighted that there is a need to fix the broken educational system because it is geared towards the neurotypical. It is geared towards the average, whereas we have many outliers, right? And now that I am learning more about myself and about my daughter, I am appreciating what, what you have just said, that we need to build communities around this and work together so that we can uh we can how can we say um take a dent yeah on that immune system of the of the educational system <clears throat> yeah no absolutely i think this is why this story although it's, it's personal and, but it resonates with so many people and and when you start telling it it's it's kind of <clears throat> I feel that it opens many people's eyes to the fact that hey, what if you tried? Could you change your life so it accommodates your learning style and your needs more than if you accept that hey, you have to go through this particular path in life and you have to accept a, a certain learning style which mm -hmm. happens in that classroom, etc. Mm -hmm. And it this is not. So this is also, I wanted to share a, a, a few data points now that you share that you love data points, because I was trying to, I, I've been doing lots of research on this to find out how big is this problem really, right? Mm -hmm. And as far as I can tell from looking at the most recognized information sources that, that we probably have access to, it, it seems to me and I'm getting a lot of support on, on, on this claim now that probably about a quarter of the global population are non-neurotypical learners. It's 25% around that of wow. everybody on this planet that are non-neurotypical learners. Now, this includes, if you're not so familiar with that term, it includes autism, like in, mm. in our case, but it also includes like, dyslexia, uh, mm -hmm. dysgraphia, and, and other, other. let's call it a learning style, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I don't like to see it as a limitation. The world really sees it as, hey, that's your problem. That's your condition. You need to live with it. And, and we don't know how to support you. No, mm -hmm. uh, we, we got to look at it differently because it's a quarter of the global population we are talking about here that are in trouble in a normal classroom if we put a child in a noisy classroom and 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 everybody like talked about average or, or normal the, the the normality curve that you you gotta fix within or fit within a certain bracket on that curve if you're an mm -hmm. outlier yeah you may be ahead of us or you may be behind us right now and tomorrow, maybe you're a different uh, place on the curve. But mm -hmm. then we struggle to support you, right? And if you're learning side different, we also struggle to support you as an mm -hmm. educational system. That's not good yeah. enough. And, and, no, and, it's and not. 
and, and, and another quick point, so uh, we often talk about how the education system is, is broken, uh, but it's actually been designed this way, right, intentionally mm -hmm. uh, for the industrial age. Uh, and I'm not going into the history behind it, obviously, but it's a long time ago that we needed this way of mass educating young people to mm -hmm. learn the same skills in the same time, in the same way. And 10 years later, you need to pass a particular test uh, and, and get over a certain bar, a certain threshold to pass and to move, be able to move forward into your next level. And, mm -hmm. and, and this, is, this is just not good enough anymore. That's not what we need today in the world that has changed dramatically and will keep changing. So it's just to, to state those facts for us to understand the size of this problem and how many people that are probably not feeling well or doing well in, in the traditional education system. Yes, and that's precisely what Educate for Life is currently doing. Can you please um, share more about the Educate for Life? Uh, of course, it is another of my babies, and so um, <laughs> I I can probably not stop talking about it once you get me started. But it's up to you to to, to stop me. Uh, it's it's just um, just one more thing, by the way, which is also uh, the foundational value for for educate for life, will, which I will mm -hmm. introduce in a second. Well, that this is not about how smart your children are it's mm -hmm. actually how they are smart right you you gotta look at children in a different through a different lens in a different mm -hmm. light right we need to stop seeing them as being all the same uh, but they're all different we are all different and, and that's the beauty of it uh, you spoke about diversity in your in your introduction and how we're different and how that makes us so powerful when we create new teams to solve big challenges and, mm -hmm. and solving big challenges in diverse teams is why we created Educate for Life. So Educate for Life is, I've since learned that there's a term, a description of what this is, which is it's a virtual community of practice, a virtual community of practice. And it's, it, this is well documented as a way to connect uh, online and work mm -hmm. entirely virtual together. Even we come from different places, we wouldn't normally meet, uh, or certainly not work together. But now we do uh, around a common interest or a particular challenge that we're all interested in working on solving together. And that, mm -hmm. that and Educate for Life is such a virtual community of practice, which is focused on the future of education for, for all the reasons we have been talking about already, my personal story and everybody else that have similar reasons or different reasons for joining, but they see a need to experiment. This is mostly about experimentation when it's about the future, because mm -hmm. the future is not something we're just sitting around waiting for to happen. It's something we think we can impact and influence and and probably create if we yeah. make a big effort, and that's that's what that's what everybody does. Mm -hmm. So, so this this came around in 2018 when I was kind of at the at the peak of of stress with like we cannot get this school uh, experience to work out for us, mm -hmm. and I was literally uh, flying out of I'm, I live in Copenhagen here. I was near the airport because I mm -hmm. used to so I was flying out on red-eye flights and coming back on other red-eye flights to sort out things in the school uh, or try as a parent. And, and I talked about this uh, in, in, in another community, which is, I today see as kind of a mother community of Educate for Life, which is called OpenEXO. And we may want to paste a link to, to OpenEXO as well. It's a global transformation community or ecosystem, uh, I think around 17,000 people now. Um, mm -hmm. And I talked about these uh, challenges in the education space and people were uh, immediately responding very positively and saying, yes, 
if 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 you want to do something about this i'm i'm with you i want to join and so <laughs> so now also that was a nice push to myself to kind of get mm -hmm. started and and walk the talk and do something about it and mm -hmm. and 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 the tools that that i use every day in in organizations to help them transform are sprints uh, and these kind of uh, processes that are very limited in time and you need to accomplish a lot of 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 uh, experimentation in very short time and and i decided to run uh, a sprint uh using the same methodologies that we use in we call the EXO sprint, exponential organization sprint, to, to move away from scarcity and how we think we have to do things in the old way. Uh, and, and now we embrace abundance. There's a world full of awesome people that would be willing to help if we ask for help. And there's so mm -hmm. much resourcefulness and resources. But we need to think differently and work differently to, to get there. So, so I was I started hosting and 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 uh, facilitating these sprints uh, in the Educate for Life community, and and people joined and and we have taken many many awesome initiatives through that process by now. Just to clarify, these sprints are for the parents and the other community members, or have you also done sprints for the children? So we we have done all of this and more. We also actually work with educational institutions, which actually also makes me very happy that that uh, systems that are very hard to change they themselves know it, and they also come to join to to explore other scenarios to what education could look like. So we are being sponsored very often by schools and universities and others. <clears throat> but we are we see all sorts of amazing people speaking of diversity you will never find a more diverse mix when you join uh, a, a group anywhere i, I claim <laughs> than in in our group uh, so we have lots of parents uh, and when we speak of professionals many are parents as well right so you mm -hmm. wear several hats of interest uh, when you join mm -hmm. also with children uh, and and Obviously, when we are designing a better future for children, you got to include the children. If we design for, let's technically talk about an end user group, you got to have the, the users at the table. And actually, the more they are involved, the better. Mm -hmm. The better you actually get, get an outcome that they want to use. They, they want, really want that future. So, so yes, children are at the heart and center and at the table and involved in these mm -hmm. processes. Yeah. That reminds me of a quotation, just do your thing and your tribe will follow or will find you. So I believe that when people, they find you, um, you're visible on social media and uh, you share all the these wonderful things that you're doing in the educational space, then they have this. Uh, they are drawn to you. They are pulled um, to your to your initiatives, and I love it that you are also you are also uh, having children participants because, yeah, they, I agree with you. It's for them, so they should be also calling the shots. They should have a voice in these things that we are doing for them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the largest untapped one of the largest untapped. Um, market that we have today are children and they are geniuses yeah. they are geniuses until they are educated that's unfortunate right because sometimes education teaches you okay so this is the only thing that you can do right now you cannot read beyond your level i remember when i was in when i was eight years old i was already reading novels and people couldn't understand why i was reading novels and they wouldn't they couldn't also understand why I was reading encyclopedia, but because I have already done, I've already finished reading all my textbooks. So what else would I do? <laughs> I was totally bored, right? <laughs> so unfortunately, sometimes I, I, I want to I want to think that they are well-meaning people, but unfortunately, that the their limitations they also 
post it unintentionally on children. Yeah. 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 So yeah. we'll go for a short break, Lars. I yeah. am totally loving this conversation. And then later, when we come back, Lars will share about another baby that he will be releasing soon. Stay tuned. <laughs> TNC is a live stream platform of online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as seen on the screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging authentic and original content. Our vision is to become a global 24-7 live stream channel that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence and ingenuity i also encourage you to continue supporting stories from the fringe live streamed every thursday at 30 a.m philippine standard time you can watch live or on replay via facebook or youtube 
follow us on IG, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now for sponsorships. Please email now at thenewchannel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them just for you. Before we went on a break, we were um, we were sharing how Lars and his community created Educate for Life aimed at helping uh, the neuroatypical have a different avenue for learning since the current educational system is not designed for them. All right. So can we call back Lars? I'm right here. Woo. Uh, hi, Lars again. <laughs> now, um, I, I, I would like to um I would like to share that some of the children they have been able to do amazing amazing things because of the things that you have been doing. Uh, please tell us about one of the one of the children writing a book and also um, creating a game. How old are they? So you know you, you mentioned earlier the kids are geniuses and I totally subscribe to that statement. At the same time, I think we as as adults keep underestimating uh, kids, right? They they do live in a different world than we do. They they decide to do things differently because they all know what's right, and they know what's right from for them and, and also for us actually from a very early age. Mm -hmm. So we we see kids uh, showing up because they want to from the age of typically eight um sometimes a little bit uh, younger than that obviously um obviously uh we we all need to to find out where to where to get you involved a bit depending mm -hmm. on your age there's a difference between being 12 and being six so uh but but they they all show up and and with the moment they realize that they are actually empowered and that, mm -hmm. hey, here's a tribe that actually listens to them. And it takes a while also for adults that, hey, to realize, hey, I'm amongst people that actually listen to me. They see me. But the moment we have that realization, you see the, the lights turn on mm -hmm. and you, you feel the motivation of that human being go through the roof and and then then a spark has been ignited that you cannot put out again and and mm -hmm. that's when you see one initiative leading to another for kids it's often in very fast iterations sometimes on a minute by minute basis you get a better idea and you're ready to jump at it and that's mm -hmm. that's how play works and and why play is so important so mm -hmm. That was a long answer to your great uh, short question there about about kids. Yeah. I I remember we always ask our children, "What do you want to to do when you grow up, or what do you want to be when you grow up?" Perhaps it's about time that we ask them, "What do you want to do now? What do you want to be now?" And we will be surprised by the answers. I know some children they're already creating metaverses they're also doing nfts and crypto they're already doubling in cryptocurrency and i just i just uh, saw on my news feed someone on linkedin she already did a campaign because she said that she wanted to do her further studies and she was at around if i'm not mistaken around 13 years old she already created also a community for for the youth and they're already creating live streams where they in, where they invite guests and speakers to teach leadership skills to children imagine that totally and it happens all the time and if we don't know it's because we are not paying attention that's that's really the only thing <clears throat> and and so if the moment we start paying attention and listening and getting involved a little bit and then we realize that they are way ahead of us. <clears throat> and, mm -hmm. and we should up our game to be there to open whatever few doors that we may be able to open for them. But let, mm -hmm. let them 
let them design that future. They're really good at it. <laughs> and we just sometimes forget that and underestimate the, the power and the dynamics of a group of, of children. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we cannot be involved, at least get out of their way. <laughs> get out of the way. Exactly. We, which fortunately we often are when we're not paying attention. We don't know what our kids are doing online. Sometimes when we find out we are grateful, we didn't know, but but there, there's a lot of exciting things happening there. And, mm -hmm. uh, and we all have many stories to tell from these surprises that blew us away and like, wow, have you been doing this? I had no idea, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. So before we went on a break, we mentioned about the release of New Baby. Can you please um, share a little bit about it? Yes, so so we are uh, making a lot, a lot of new babies in terms of new initiative. So so there's a book in the making, um, and uh, it's it's been coming for a long time. So I I mentioned that I'm running, designing and running transformation projects, and which essentially is about imagining new paradigms in our mm -hmm. world, in our society, in our organizations, and our educational institutions. And uh, when we are imagining new, new scenarios, new paradigms, that essentially is about questioning what we have always taken for granted, right? Our old mm -hmm. assumptions. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. in that process, we start to see uh, our, ourselves, and our own capabilities and our own shortcomings and everything else in a different light. We see things through a different lens. And now we can begin to imagine a better future. And then it's up to us to decide, is that the future we want to start creating? And if it is, we can put together a process to get us there. And that's, <clears throat> that's been the body of my work since at least 2016, when I was invited by the open exit community, which I mentioned before, that kind of, it, it was mostly a book club around the book at the time, around the book Exponential Organizations by uh, Selim Ismail and, and, and his co-authors, which describes uh, how, uh, you know, the new breed of organization in the 21st century uh, operate. They're able to <clears throat> deliver a positive impact to the world and at the same time scale much, much faster, deliver their, their impact way faster than, than traditional organizations. And I kind of adopted that uh, approach, the methodologies, and I started to, to coach uh, leaders in all sorts of industries through these transformation process. And that experience is what I'm baking into uh, a new book. So... Mm -hmm. So and 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 you are about transformation as well. So I I know we understand each other when I say transformation is hard, and it's mostly hard for the human beings involved, especially for adults like us. We 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 think this it changes hard, and we are asking uh, everybody involved to be willing to change who we are as an organization, as an institution, or as a as a community, change dramatically, right? If we imagine a new future, that means we will be somebody else. We will see ourselves differently and maybe deliver different value. Mm -hmm. And and that's that excites some people, and it 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 also puts a lot of fear uh, and uncertainty yeah. in us at the same time. Mm -hmm. So when you when you work with an organization, and it this is describing everybody I've been working with, everybody, no, no exception. Then <clears throat> in the beginning, and in the beginning we are questioning, hey, we will never be able to change, right? So mm -hmm. we don't think this will ever work. Okay, but when once we get started and, and start to imagine a better future that, hey, this would be, if we design this future, and we start transforming, we can have a way better life. We can have a way better educational path or way better 
life or better organization, a better business, better anything. And then we get excited, we get motivated, and we get on, <clears throat> we get started on this emotional uh, roller coaster, which is really is to transform. And those experiences, what I've been capturing in in this book, which I I call the mindful business transformation. Uh, the subtitle is making minds matter in exponential organizations. Okay. Director Janine will um, show us the book cover. There, oh wow, there it is, like magic. Uh, this, is, this is awesome. Uh, I, I need this uh, back office support in my everyday life. This is awesome. Thank you so much. For, uh, exactly. This is what it, I, I'm, uh, I really want to ask everybody to help me uh, with better visuals uh, for this book cover. But this is what it looks like right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I believe it's beautiful, the, the book cover. It um, pretty encapsulates what is inside. Making minds matter in exponential organizations. Yes, I I believe that as we move towards the fourth industrial revolution, we also need to humanize organizations. It's not only about machines, but the human minds. Would you agree? Uh, yes. So actually, we 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 probably need to relearn what humanity is able to do and how important humanity is. Technology should be maybe an enhancer and an enabler uh, for better the better sides of humanity. So I hope we will be in control of, of technology, not the other way around. That's for us mm -hmm. to, to, to take ownership of. Uh, but both components are here to stay. We will coexist with technology from here on and for the rest of uh of 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 of, uh, of the planet's existence right but humanity mm -hmm. is what makes it worthwhile living that that's mm -hmm. really what we want to uh, protect and preserve and improve and not least our mindsets and the mindset mm -hmm. is really what transformation is about everything else is just uh technicalities uh, mm -hmm. and 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 models and etc but what we really transform is mindset, the mindset mm -hmm. of the people uh, involved and the people around us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for underscoring that the techno technology should be an enabler, an enhancer, and not a replacement for, for humans. I think that's where some of the resistance is coming from because some people, they're afraid that as we move on to digitalization and all these things, that AI will replace them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because we don't necessarily fully understand what AI is, what AI is capable of doing, and what AI is not capable of doing, maybe yet. And uh, mm -hmm. so it creates some uncertainty, and, and that can deliver some anxiety as well, and many, many other feelings and excitement. Mm -hmm. uh, so so what does this really mean? Uh, and we n nobody really knows, which is why I think we need to gain a better understanding. E everybody of us, you know, no matter what we do for a living, what business we're in, and also the children, not least. Uh, and, and this is part of transformation is to get this better understanding of what technology <laughs> is able to do. Just like what are we able to accomplish if we improve our mindset, right? And, mm -hmm. and that is maybe more relatable for many uh, that, hey, if we are optimistic in the morning, just, or if we are not, just meet with Jennifer and, and you will be optimistic after that experience. Mm -hmm. but, but not everybody can call you every, every morning, Jennifer. So we, we have other ways to, to improve our mindset, but we also need to work with technology and get an understanding of that. And, and we work mm -hmm. with children and with schools to to help them gain this understanding and experiment with technologies mm -hmm. so we can apply it for positive impact rather than suddenly being disrupted by it in ways that we don't appreciate yeah mm -hmm. top of mind can you think of one case study in your book um, that shows an 
an organization or an individual which is or who is resistant to change and you were able to shift the mindset from scarcity mindset to abundance-based mindset? Uh, yes, I, I, I just want to I just want to add a, a few kind of preventing factors, uh, you know, thing that prevents us from from taking this. It's a bit of a leap of faith as well mm -hmm. that we kind of let go of our desire to control <laughs> and mm -hmm. and and you have to jump in really and mm -hmm. and really discover what this can do for you. Uh, and um, but but the moment this happens, the moment that you let go of your old belief system that we can probably not change, that moment is when you get this sudden boost uh, of be new beliefs and new excitement and new energy, and mm -hmm. and then you work like uh, crazy to make it happen. Uh, mm -hmm. And before that moment, you don't. Right, you you mm -hmm. kind of hold yourself back and you criticize others. That, for a coach like me, that's very easy to observe and see when you get to that inflection point, that transformative point. And now you now you get to work on a whole different um, objective, which is no longer to make us work with the mindset, but now it's about uh, designing that desirable um, future. And, and I, I can think of definitely um, cases. Let me take my own my own son for a second, because then it stays in the family. <laughs> but also um, my twelve year old, which I've mentioned a couple of times already. Uh, he's, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, other kids that that uh, he has been working with through our programs. They started to be very interested in writing, in mm. in 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 writing their own books, and that that was not of interest to uh, to my son at all. Right, he mm. wanted to do other things. That he that didn't spark anything in him at the moment. <clears throat> Until he started to build um, this, it was like a bit like a metaverse. He's a game developer. Uh, right at the age of 12 no need to wait until you're 25 by the way get started to live and breathe your passions right that's my call to action number one but so what then one day he comes to show me this kind of virtual environment that he's been creating and it was mm -hmm. it was a virtual library and um, and uh, and then he he told me that you cannot have a virtual library with no books on the shelf and he, uh, there was no way he could get existing books into that library. He hadn't yet developed that, right? <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense. So he created, he actually wrote two books and I didn't know about it at all, right? He had written two books, so he would have books on that shelf in that library he had created. And, uh, and, and now it's like a, a natural thing for him to write and he loves it. Uh, and that was a, a very transformative point in time. And he, he had a need to write and that created the desire to learn and to do. And that's also, by the way, how I would like to see the future of education uh, actually operating, that, that you inspire and motivate the individual human being. And once you're inspired and motivated enough and you start taking action, then you realize what you need to learn to actually do what you desire to do. And now you start learning on your own and you start doing, for example, you may start to read or write if, if, if that's what you need to learn and you take action and, and life is so much easier for te teachers and parents and others around you. Now the child starts to, to demand uh, you know, support in learning this stuff that if you give them homework and say, you need to write this for tomorrow is the worst ever thing you can ask from your child, right? Mm -hmm. They will object and try to avoid and procrastinate like, like we do when we are being asked to do things we don't like to do. So that was a small but and, and personal example, but I see the same 
in in also large corporations and professional teams that are going through a similar journey uh, mm -hmm. that they keep holding back and they don't really want to do it until they realize what they can accomplish uh, uh, by doing it and now suddenly they get things done in 24 mm -hmm. hours right and then there's no nothing holding them back and that's interesting mm -hmm. That's impressive, Lars. Thank you for sharing. I can only imagine the many possibilities of that metaverse, uh, that virtual library. Perhaps your son can collaborate with the different children authors around the world. That's it's is easier now than ever before, isn't it? Thanks to technology. How easy isn't it that you and I are chatting here uh, today? Obviously, with great support from from your team on the technical side but 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 it's it's uh, not that hard for 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 kids as well to connect with mm -hmm. peers uh around the world and so that that's all you need to be doing is to connect them and they will mm -hmm. find great ways of making things happen i know mm -hmm. because i've seen this every day for the past couple of years at least and and it 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 gives me hope and confidence in 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 our future that mm -hmm. this is possible i just wanted to mention one thing speaking of this which i've been hearing myself say a lot in, in the past month so so i one thing that excited me uh, when we were kind of all uh, hit by by covid right in in these lockdown periods two years ago I, that was not exciting that was terrible and and mm -hmm. many terrible things uh, were part of that. But one thing that then excited me in, in those dark periods were the fact that many schools were, were not actually, they were figuring out how can they work with their students online uh, when they are mm -hmm. home. But we could easily connect children with other children and, and keep them motivated and engaged and meeting new friends. And, and, and sometimes doing things that were not school related also when they mm -hmm. were supposed to do homework right but that's that's a side uh, note but but what i have started to realize is there's an urgency around us starting to connect kids uh, kids in other cultures in other countries forget about language barriers they really don't exist uh, they make things a little more difficult but technology is going to fix that and kids are really good at picking up new languages so don't worry about language barriers just start connecting mm -hmm. and 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 you know the 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 unfortunate and and sad reasons for why this is so important is well we've been in lockdown for for several years in most countries and kids have not been exposed to 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 other cultures and, and other mindsets mm -hmm. and other ways of seeing things. Mm -hmm. Neither have we maybe, except in online meetings. The kids didn't do those online meetings. So how do we get kids exposed to the fact that other people are new friends you haven't met yet? They are your new collaborators, your new friends. You can play with them, you can study with them, you can work with them in the future. Right, their their friends they want want the same from life that that we do, and mm -hmm. and all you need to do is meet them to realize that. Mm -hmm. And and if you watch the news, other people seem to be enemies and not willing to do trade with you or whatever it may be. Right, there are lots mm -hmm. of bad news, but don't and and that's also part of reality. But mm -hmm. but in re, the real reality that is important important for our kids to understand is the world is generally good everywhere I've been traveling I met by wonderful people who are hosting me who are so helpful and we always establish great collaboration mm -hmm. uh, after meeting I want kids to do the same so they understand the world is good the world is full of opportunity and we shouldn't lock ourselves down except when needed due to pandemics but but generally, let's be open to collaborate uh, and, and be friends. And, and there's an urgency around this, uh, which mm -hmm. I started to realize. So that it gives me an extra boost of energy to, to do these things. Mm -hmm. Thank you for emphasizing that, that 
humanity is at its core beautiful good benevolent right so that's the reason also why i seldom watch the news because some news um agencies they they try to sensationalize they try to emphasize what is bad what is not good in the world so don't believe that there is a lot of positivity in the world yes thank goodness for that right um and there are definitely lots of bad things happening but we need to find uh, other sources of information so we get to understand what's also the truth which is uh populations everywhere are good people and and all you need to do is meet them and then you will find out and that's an opportunity that we have to give our kids so they themselves can make this uh, positive discovery and then they will make they will take care of the rest together they make amazing things like we talked about because they can and because they want to we just need to open a few doors and one of those doors speaking of metaverses is you know kids when they do want to uh, meet online mostly they can only either do it through through gaming game mm -hmm. universes can can are not always that friendly uh, and you don't always endorse everything that's happening there when you see what's going on in the, in the chats and and everything and the other part maybe be multiverses and and virtual environments designed for adults and and very often that kids are exposed to activities that only a few adults actually appreciate the rest of us think that's not a place for kids to go so so we need to design again our also our digital world so it accommodates the needs of children it it so it also prioritizes the safety of, mm -hmm. of children they can do what's right for them in a safe trusted environment that's missing big time at the way i see it and that's also something we are working on so this is an open invitation to join us uh to be part of that that work as well to design the online worlds so they uh, are a better fit a better match more suitable for our youngest generations wonderful so um can you please invite them to follow you on social media how can they support you how can they follow know more about the work that you're doing lars absolutely uh what uh, the best way to do this is really to get on our educate for life website um and and we can post the link here again um I'll, I'll type it in as well if we need it so because that we we are hosting these i call them discovery events discovery events is really about discovering pretty much everything we've been discussing in in this conversation and more and and also experience what it feels like to be working on these activities and be part of it and and not not read about changes uh, for the better but actually be part of co-creating them so it's very simple and it's free you can register on educate for life for the next discovery event that means you will get an invitation that's all doesn't hurt and you get an invitation to join a totally free uh discovery event where we discuss these things and when then you can decide uh where you are excited about getting involved uh, if if you like what you hear and see right otherwise yeah you are you you are you will have our full support and and love in transitioning to other things but but people tend to stick around and actually get really active in mm -hmm. uh, in creating something often that solves their own personal uh problems but problems that we realize that thousands sometimes millions of people share those problems they're huge problems and uh, and and people in 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 our world generally are struggling to start working on solving them in a different way we we just believe that it things have to be that way and so this paradigm shift 
is mainly what we focus on. How do we design new new paradigms where you forget all about the old assumptions, the old ways? Maybe mm. for a period of time we have to, you know, keep doing certain things because it's regulated or for mm. other reasons. But but over time we are able to ramp up on parallel activities that can then over time introduce new paradigms where you are able to live in different ways, uh, in more desirable ways, uh, and and educate yourself in new ways, uh, live your life, do business in new ways with, with new mm-hmm. people and all of these things that many actually desire. So you need to join to figure out what this means to you and, and where you can get excited. And 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 then, then it's easier than ever before to actually form a team with like-minded mm-hmm. people, usually from very different places on our planet that joins for the same reasons and and who gets excited about the same thing and then you get started and bring your kids by the way right <laughs> that's important yeah <laughs> if they want to yeah thank you for that lars i'm thoroughly enjoying this conversation i did not realize it's already one hour <laughs> <laughs> time, time flies you know, it's nice when you're enjoying yourself. It, it absolutely does. Yes, I have certainly enjoyed this, Jennifer. It's great, great uh, conversation. I hope we've been able to inspire somebody to not just necessarily accept things mm-hmm. that, that we struggle with, but that we uh, get together with like-minded people mm-hmm. to challenge our assumptions and look at, at those challenges differently and then make a decision to to try to 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 build a world mm-hmm. that's better mm-hmm. yeah you can also follow lars uh, via linkedin we um we are also dropping the link to his linkedin account yes. thank you lars and thank you to king gonzalez christine cruz michelle gamba and also thank you um to celine bautista Muya for always choosing to spend your thursdays Thursday mornings with us. So dear viewers, thank you for choosing to stay with uh, Lars today with Stories from the Fringe. And if you love today's session, we encourage you to um, invite your loved ones, family, friends to join us next Thursday, uh, June 9th, same time, same digital channel so that you can, again, um, be inspired. And let's together create a more diverse Uh, equitable and inclusive world for us all. Have a good day. Have a good rest of your day or evening, depending where you are in the world. God bless everyone. Thank you, Lars. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jennifer and team.